1: Welcome to the Fit for Success podcast. Brian Semling is an experienced entrepreneur with over 25 years in business. He is the founder and CEO of Blitz Innovation. He has built several brands such as Brian's Toys, a collectible toy business, to several Amazon FBA brands like Strictly Bricks and Clever Creations. His latest adventure is Rovox, a modern athleisure footwear brand which can be found at rovoxfootwear.com. On the podcast, Brian will talk with other entrepreneurs and social media influencers about their entrepreneurial journey, from what it takes to start and run a business to how they may continue to grow their brands and where they see themselves in their businesses in the future. And now, here's your host, Brian Semling. Welcome to the Fit for Success podcast. I'm Brian Semling. Today, our guest is Jaden Ray, the founder of Steamy Kitchen. Welcome, Jaden.
0: Thank you. And I'm so happy to, to have a chance to talk with you and your listeners and your viewers about business and are, cooking food, whatever it is that you want to you wanna talk about today.
1: Yeah. Well, let's get started by just getting to know you a little bit. So if you could just tell us about your background and your business and, and how you've gotten to where you are in your business.
0: Sure. Um, 17 years ago, we just celebrated our 17th birthday two weeks ago. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so much. 17 years ago, I started a food blog. Uh, and back then, nobody knew what a food blog was. And on my business cards, back then we had business cards, right? <laughs> on my business card, I had to write, like, I, I was like, what do I write? How do people know what I do? And I, I ended up writing alternative journalist because nobody yeah. knew what the word blog was. And it, this 17 years ago, Pinterest was not even born. Instagram was not even born. So we were in the very early days. Uh, and I, you know, I started a food blog because I was teaching at a local cooking school. And I needed a place to store all of the recipes for my students. And I got tired of printing everything out and emailing everything to the recipes to everybody. So I started the blog and, and I really discovered that, oh my gosh, this is so much fun, you know, creating recipes and talking about food and teaching people the difference between soy sauce and fish sauce. You know, back then I was focusing on Asian cuisine. Um, that was just something that I really wanted to do. I was good at and, uh, you know, the opportunities came very, very fast. Within six months, I had a book deal. Um, I was on television all the time. And I was, you know, just uh, exploring the idea of, you know, my dream was to have my own cooking show on the Food Network. And uh, so I, you know, I was building up my business towards that, that process. And I was actually in the lobby of Food Network for a meeting. And I was just sitting there waiting for my turn. And I called my ex-husband. and I was like, I'm so close to getting what I want and achieving the goals that I had set for myself. Why am I so unhappy? And I was just sitting there, I'm like, I'm not thinking for network, the sign's behind me, and why am I crying? <laughs> and it was because I had two toddlers in at home and I was gone all the time. I was traveling all the time. And I never got to see my kids, you know, reach some of their milestones. You know, I miss like, I missed some of the major birthdays and events at school and, and the first. And so I was like, this is not the way. And so I had to rebuild my business and do a whole new business plan and build something that fit my lifestyle better.
1: So you've shared with me that you are, you've implemented the uh, four hour work week. So what you just described was maybe the opposite direction, but uh, I've read the book. I'm I'm guessing a number of our, uh, in our audience have read the book. It's been out a while now. And I think a lot of people, it's a well-known book. I suspect that many people have read it and that very few people have implemented it. So Go
0: right. ahead. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, so I read um, the Four Hour Workweek very, very early on, and in fact, I'm in one of um, I'm featured in one of Tim Ferriss's books called The Four Hour Chef, and I've contributed a, a recipe to his cookbook, companion cookbook. Um, but you know, back then, it was a four hour work. Week I read, I'm like, oh my gosh this is what I need to do. And, uh, you know, I built a four-hour work week and, uh, you know, I built, I designed the business so that I would have a maximum amount of free time because one of my core beliefs is that the game of life isn't about money. The game of life is about time and controlling your time. And we spoke earlier and I'm really big on, you know, controlling your narrative and controlling your time, you know, because that to me is the quality, is my quality of life. But, you know, building a four-hour work week was so much fun. The first few years, I learned how to quilt. I learned how to crochet, knit. I had five acres of gorgeous property in Florida, and we grew all of our own food. I learned how to raise chickens and do aquaponics and hydroponics. And then I ran out of things to do, you know, hobbies to learn. And I would just, like, wake up every morning, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do today? Because I don't have to work what am I going to do today? And then day after day of like having that repeat itself really got me incredibly depressed. Um, I gained a lot of weight. Um, I wasn't really exercising and I was eating the wrong foods and my focus was really off. And it turned out that I was asking myself the wrong question. So when you think about a four hour, building a four hour work week, you think about the primary question you ask is how can I make the maximum amount of money working the least amount of hours, yep. which is a lot of fun to think about and to brainstorm and to implement. But then you get to a point where you're like, where's the meaning and where is, where's my level of contribution? And, you know, what is this all, where's, where's my purpose? And so I had to, you know, I was asking myself the wrong question and I had to flip it around and, you know, create a new question for myself every single day and create a new question for, you know, how to run, run a business.
1: Well, congratulations on implementing (laughs) the four hour work week. Um, And it created some, like you said, you ended up with free time and hobbies and growing your own food and then almost like getting, I don't know if bored is the right word, but sort of running out of like things to do.
0: Well, it was restlessness combined with like a lack of purpose. Yeah. And you know, I you know, we spoke a little bit earlier and I, you know, one of another one of my core beliefs around business as well as, you know, personal life is like you ask yourself, okay, what's my life purpose? What's my singular life purpose? And that question and that answer process is very elusive. Like it's just very, you can never get to the right answer. Um, And, you know, I I don't believe in having a singular purpose. And instead I believe in like living with intention. Every morning I live purposefully instead of, Finding purpose, and uh, you know uh, that became my new question of you know running the business is how can I live with intention? How can I you know run my business with intention today? And what do I need to do today to impact somebody's life and and to live with purpose? Uh, to step back for a
1: minute and to think about where you were at um, unhappy, busy, missing some you know significant moments, and then transitioning to the four hour work week on the other side, which was. Um, We skipped over the process of actually doing it. It sounds like it was a fun challenge to implement. And we don't have a whole lot of time here, but give us a little bit of insight into how you were able to go from being, it sounds like overextended or significantly extended, being away from your toddlers or small children um, at times to the extreme of the four hour work week. What were some of the two, three um, key points or highlights uh, that you implemented to? to make that successful? Cause I think that's, uh,
0: yeah. So, uh, you know, number one is I quit social media for a big number of years, uh, because you could, someone could spend half their work, working life just on social media. And especially with a business like mine, where it's all online, uh, a lot of people have built their business running social media and, you know, make and marketing through social media. And I just decided, you know, what, I was focused on, on Twitter and Pinterest and all of a sudden they changed the rules about what they like to see. Pinterest used to be like, you could post on Pinterest a really long image with lots of text, big text and the longer the better. And then they changed the rules and we're like, Oh crap. Now we've got to you know switch around so that yeah. we can appease the masters at Pinterest and same thing with Instagram. And I just decided, you know, I'm not going to play by anybody else's game anymore. Um, I'm better off creating my own platform that I can control. So in addition to the blog, so that's also our email list. And so I really put a lot of focus and attention early on, on increasing my email list, because I don't have, you know, those are, you know, I can control the narrative with email versus on Instagram or on Pinterest, or, you know, even on Facebook. It's, you know, someone else's role. So that's number one As I quit social media. Now I'm back on my team is coaxing me to come on, Jaden. you can do it. You know? It's not that hard. Um, I spend a little bit of time on social. So I, that was the, the first thing was I freed up my time by not having to do social media. And then the second thing was uh, really analyzing what is it that people want um, back then it was recipes and people wanted gorgeous photographs and simple, simple recipes. So that's what I gave them was a gorgeous photograph and a really simple recipe that they can cook tonight. So I'd always ask myself, like, if I was to create a recipe, how can I simplify it so much that someone says, Oh, I can do this tonight. And that was, you know, one of the things that one of the filters in producing content was that.
1: Cool. So over the years, what were, um, what were some of your other challenges that you faced? You talked us through a few, but uh, what are some, um, all entrepreneurs uh, go through different challenges over the years. And you've talked about, you know, kind of the, the time commitment on the one hand, and then the lack of time right. commitment and looking for purpose on the other, but what, uh, what were some of the, you know, and we've talked about social media a little bit, but what are some of the challenges that you faced Um that you oh, had to overcome. Oh. you
0: know, and I'll I'm going to add on one more thing to the third thing I forgot to mention when in the building for our work news, I used free resources that uh, like public relations and being on television because that's that's free yeah. uh, and also i get to reach millions of people um, instead of spending my time on social media i really focused on okay so how can i use television appearances or radio appearances to to spread the message about steamy kitchen and the funny thing is once you get one media appearance appearance on television everything else just follows really quickly so it's really just that first one and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be on the Today Show, the CBS Early Show. I've been on Martha Stewart, um, Oprah.com. So, I've, you know, in, in addition to Tim Ferriss' book, uh, once I got that one, it yeah. just kind of snowballed. The and dominoes
1: think, of, hey, yeah. I was on the Today Show, so then the CBS right. Early Show wants you, and then Oprah.com exactly. wants you. And,
0: yeah. Or it at so, least
1: opens the door for you to get into their front door, basically.
0: Exactly. Or... So that was a big part of how Stingy Kitchen grew was like I, I got I was always on, on the media. But, you know, it was uh, it, it was easy to get because back then I was, you know, something new like food blogging was different. Right. So, you know, it's a lot easier now. It's a little bit more difficult. Right. But yes. Yeah. But to answer this other question, um some of the challenges was like when I first started the Kitchen, I had zero money, no money whatsoever. And I was like, Okay, how do I learn how to be on TV? How do like I I have um I wanna I wanna do live appearances. So how am I gonna do I can't afford a consultant right. and how do I restructure my business? I can't afford a board of directors and so I used a couple of different methods that um, the first one is, you know, my imaginary board of directors. So it's kind of like, you know, people ask themselves, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, I would always ask myself, what would Martha Stewart do? What would Oprah do? And I had, I assembled an imaginary board of directors, like Oprah doesn't know, but she's on my board of directors. (laughs) And Rachel Ray doesn't know it, but she was my acting coach. And it was, I studied people, yeah. And I, um, I would watch how Rachel Ray would be on TV and she was so bubbly and so relatable and, and people just loved her. And so I really watched and studied her and pretended like she was she was my consultant. And uh, you know that really helped me. And the method that I use is the three M. So the first thing, the first M is um, when you're learning a new skill is to mimic you know, you find someone that you want to mentor. You you want to be your mentor, and you just mimic that. Practice and practice and practice in front of a mirror, and that's how I learned how to do um, t- live television. Was watching Rachel Ray and watching Martha Stewart and how they related to people, mannerism, You know, stand in front of the mirror and pretend I was Rachel Ray. And and that M, the next M, is you know, after mimicking is mirroring. So once you start, your body starts getting used to certain uh, movements, and you start start getting used to ways of saying things and relating, looking into the camera, then you, you know, you inject some of your style. And so it's almost a mimic, you're mimicking somebody, but you still have a little bit of your own flair and your own style. And then the last M is after you practice, you make it your own. Like now, you know, I started off with mimicking um, people that I love on television, but now I'm so comfortable in my body that, you know, I just, I make it my own and I have my own style and my own flair when I, when I do television. rovox where fashion meets fitness that's
1: uh really i guess insightful i think to an extent that you instead of hiring people or even really talking to the experts you self-taught yourself you basically looked at the experts and said like you know they were your your imaginary consultants on your board and you're like i'm gonna i can study from them i can they're not going to talk to me, but I can study from them. I can. Oh
0: no, they full on talk to me. We're at the grocery store. and like someone's in my, Martha Stewart's whispering in my ear and I'm talking back and people around me are thinking I'm crazy.
1: <laughs> but you've got this, um, you know, this insight that obviously what they're doing is working. Right. And at the end you end up like making it your own, like you said, so you do have to be yourself and authentic, but how do you get to that point was, you know, mimic Practice.
0: You know, I always say that body first, mind follows. So that's one of my, uh, you know, core beliefs in in business and skill, body first, mind follows, because it's really hard to change your mind. It is really hard to force yourself to get up and go to the gym when you don't feel like going, right? It's hard to change your mind first. But to force myself to walk to the car is really easy. You know, my body actually, the moment my body starts moving, my mind can catch up like, oh, okay, this Mm -hmm. isn't so bad. And, you know, same thing with, um, you know, learning a new skill, like, let's just get your body moving in a certain way. And then your mind will catch up and mind will follow. So I always say, get your body moving, just like, you know, you love fitness, you know, you, your whole business right now is around, Um, fitness. And, uh, you know, when people put on your shoes and they're like, oh, this feels good. My body feels good wearing these and the stride feels great. And then, you know, your mind can catch up like, ah, maybe I'll go for a run or I'll go, you know, go work out or, you know, do something active.
1: It's an interesting point. Yeah. If you can get yourself in the, uh, the mindset um, you know, and, and it could be from shoes for uh, fitness, for example, like we're talking about, Uh, that that could be, that can change your, uh, your mentality basically. So. um, Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: So shifting gears to uh, the cookbooks that you, you know, I think worked on at least started on years ago and then, you know, up to kind of what you're working on now. um, Tell us about, I think you've got two. Best-selling cookbooks, yes. is that right?
0: I have two cookbooks. Both of those cookbooks are um, focused on simple Asian cooking. You know, another thing that I tried to incorporate in my business world is to be um, two things, multi-talented and multi-platform. So I'll start with multi-talented first, which is how I produce those cookbooks was... Uh, You know, I wanted to have as many talents as possible. So that means in my food world, that means not only recipe creation, but recipe editing, uh, food photography, food styling, videography, video editing, as many talents as possible. You know, I just felt like I want to do a deep dive into learning about food styling because I want things to look a certain way without having to pay thousands of dollars to someone else to do it. So being multi-talented was incredibly important and absolutely pivotal to Steamy Kitchen growing as a business and to the production of my cookbooks because I shot, styled, wrote everything in that cookbook. Um, And the second thing that was multi-platform so, you know, being on podcasts, back then we didn't call them podcasts, but, you know, being on live television, tape television, um, speaking on stage in front of thousands of people without, you know, melting in my knees, uh, you know, so many, as many platforms as possible. And so I just introduced myself to like, okay, we're going to do live radio next. Okay. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. But you know what? I'm going to do it anyways, because once after I get over the spirit, after I do this, I can add that platform to my List of of things that I I have experience in doing. So multi platform and multi talented is what things that were I, early on that you know I focused on. That's what grew Steamy Kitchen, and that's what grew the cookbooks and my you know my audience.
1: So you're working on a new book at the moment. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, share uh, about that?
0: Sure. Uh, So three years ago, I went through a really, really tough divorce, really tough. And uh, at the same time, I was, you know, I had this business, Steamy Kitchen, that I was completely ignoring because I was so depressed and so overweight and so lethargic that I just could not focus. And, you know, it was just hard getting up in the morning. I was just so incredibly um, ridden with anxiety and doubt, self-doubt. So two things really helped me. One is asking myself a better question every single morning and living with and and waking up with intention. I have two life mottos that I live by. One is, you know, how do I create magical moments every single day? How can I create a magical moment for myself and for other people? And then the other life purpose I have is simple pleasures, deeply felt. And when I say live with intention in every single moment, um, those are the two questions that I asked to the point where I actually um, tattooed it on my arm: simple pleasures deeply felt. That's my intention every day is to create magical moments and to to enjoy the simple pleasures. So that's one thing. And then the second thing that I I started doing was um, microdosing on psychedelics. And that doesn't mean having a big trip. Um, It's such a small, tiny amount, a fraction of a dose. Um, and I use psilocybin, Uh, that has just given me groundedness and focus and clarity and happiness. Um, John Hopkins did a, a massive clinical trial, and they discovered that Psychedelics or psilocybin is forty percent more effective than SSRIs, and this is John Hopkins. And there's so many clinical trials underway now, and so many studies. And I highly recommend anyone to watch Fantastic Fungi on Netflix. That was what began my journey.
1: Uh, any idea when this uh, next book will be available to read?
0: Oh, really soon. Um, May first is the pre-launch, and it's going to be um, sort of like a, a guide. Um, now, psychedelics are still illegal at the moment. So, you know, I have to be very, very careful on, on how I frame things in the book, but it's a daily journal. So people that are on their microdosing journey can, can um, document what's working, what's not, what am I feeling? You know, is this, um, am I, you know, just if you don't track your progress, you don't know if something works or not. So this is a tool for people who are starting their microdosing journey. But yeah, I just, um, microdosing has just, uh, given me so much, you know, happiness and authenticity and not being afraid to, to just be myself and just, you know, drop all the, all the fear of being somebody else. Right. Um, but you know, two things, authenticity and congruency. That's what, um, I'd say like, that's really what microdosing has given me. And I still have bad days, you know, I still get knocked off my game, but the speed of how I'm able to flip it. Is, is so much greater. And, you know, the things that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. And it's just amazing how microdosing has just changed my life. So my next book is going to be that.
1: Do we have a title yet or not yet?
0: I think it's not yet. We're probably going to keep it simple. It's just a microdosing daily journal and a guide.
1: Okay. Um, so as we look ahead to the future uh, for yourself and your business, where do you see things going over the next five or 10 years?
0: Gosh, I am always seeking to um, learn new skills. And I think that, you know, at this point, Steamy Kitchen is, it's really nice income. Um, we're during the pandemic, everyone was staying home and cooking. So, you know, while, you know, I was very, very fortunate that the business grew like by 40% um, during the pandemic and that growth has kept up. So it's been a really nice business. I'm I really feel my calling is in my zone of genius. My calling is in microdosing and psychedelics. I learned mycology. I'm a true mycologist. I have a whole room just dedicated to growing mushrooms, whether they are functional mushrooms or gourmet mushrooms or the psychedelic kind. Um, this is something that I just love, love, love to do. And you know, I see the benefits that that is given myself and everyone that that I know in the microdosing community. And I really feel like that is truly my calling. So I have Steamy Kitchen, this massive platform where we get between 5 million and 8 million page views a month. It's a big site. You know, I have a team of people that help me run it. And, you know, this year, our focus is not how to grow bigger. Our focus is how to do better. Uh, So I do that to my entire team. I don't, you know, I don't really care about, uh, you know, growing bigger. I just want to do better. I want to do good work and I want to affect people. I want to, you know, share everything that I've learned to change people's lives.
1: Cool. Well, is there anything today that, that you wish I asked that I haven't gotten to?
0: Gosh, we covered quite a bit. (laughs) That was a lot. I, I would just love to say that, you know, um, I think one of the keys to my happiness now that is being able to show my work on, on social now, um, You know, before it was all about projecting the perfect image and the perfectly styled recipe. You know, people only get to see in my cookbooks, people only get to see the beautiful photos and in the hours and hours and hours of testing the perfectness of of how my table looks. No messes. Um, Yeah, no messes, right? But you know, this year, one of my goals is um, my mantras is to that my mess is my message. So that means like being. Vulnerable, being authentic, and showing people all my screw ups. You know, if you, I have two Instagram accounts. One is um, Steamy Kitchen for, you know, the business. And then I have Hey Jaden Ray, H E Y J A D E N R A E. And that's where I show my mycology and all the experiments I'm doing in um, extraction, whether it be cannabis or psilocybin or any other type of psychedelic. But Nine out of 10 times my experiments fail <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm left with a mess. But I show that anyways, because my mess is my message. And um, it is so much easier to relate to somebody than, you know, when you, sh- you can see the humanness in them. And that's back to authenticity and congruency. Um, I think, you know, don't portray the perfectness. You know, everyone wants to know that you're human and yeah. can relate to you.
1: Cool. Um, you've done this already uh a bit, but anything you want to add in terms of how our audience can find you, um, you just kind of shared your Instagram channel and uh one of your websites, but anything else that you want to add to that?
0: Well, I am at steamykitchen.com and then on um my website is jadenray.com. Uh so I would invite anyone if you want to learn about psychedelics, microdosing, um, mycology, psilocybin, that's on my personal website. And then anything food related is on Steamy Kitchen.
1: Well, Jaden, it's been great to have you on the show today. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you so much. It was great connecting with you. Lots of fun. Uh, I'm Brian Semline, and this is the Fit for Success podcast.